Hey everybody, welcome to Mana Sculpting, episode 16,436, or 16, but eh, who's counting? Trevor Asham here with Wally Bullard. Hello. It is uh, September 14th, 2011, and we are going to be talking Innistrad. So, if you don't like spoilers because you're a noob, or I don't know, just a loser. You shouldn't listen anymore. But if you do, pay attention. Because we are going to break down each and every card coming to you for the next couple weeks, especially in regards to the limited format. We don't really like to waste any time. Uh, if you're following along with us, make sure you're at the official uh, Wizards of the Coast image gallery for Innistrad, which you can find in the show notes below. And we're just going to jump right into it. So, Wally, uh, anything you want to say about Abby Griffin? Uh, I work at the Abbey. That is all. <laughs> it's, I don't know, like, it's as vanilla as a 2-2 flying vigilant guy can be, right? Like, it's what he does. But yeah. he's, he's four mana. For three, he'd be insane. For two and a white, he'd be a, an amazing card. For three yeah. and a white, meh. Like, they normally have removal in their hand by then, so not that great. You know, I like how they actually scaled him to be really small. Like, it looks small, doesn't it? Like, in the art? Yeah, but it could just be that he's in the foreground, because he's also, like, half the size of the building. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but anyway, he's a 2-2 flyer with Vigilance. He costs 4 mana, a 3 and a white. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's about it. I mean, you can't really say much. Like I said in my set review, which uh, you should read at com, you know, without an enchantment or, like, a nice piece of equipment, this guy is really not going to be doing that much work for you. Um, is he a good filler card? Sure. But, you know, like, I had to hope that maybe you can fill it up with some better some better cards than this guy. Yeah, I mean, he's like a ninth or 10th pick, right, in draft. Probably, like... Yeah, I mean, probably, like, depending. You know, if you're white, like, he actually might be a little higher, but not too much. Like, pack two or three, he's not really, you know, not really what you want to be looking at. Yeah. Um, and just keep in mind, everybody, that we're talking limited this week, so, like, just throw any thoughts of standard kind of out the window. Um, those will come, you know, next week or the following week. Um, we'll, we'll definitely cover that stuff. But this week's limited only. Um, the next card on the list is uh, Angel of Flight Alabaster. It's four colorless and a white. It's an angel, four, four flyer. At the beginning of your upkeep, return target spirit card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, so basically, just keep in mind, like if it's flying and it's a four, four or better, it is playable and limited. Like, it doesn't even matter how much it costs. Like, that's just the rule. Yeah. If it happens to come with a nice little ability like this one, that's just kind of like, you know, icing on the cake or gravy on your mashed potatoes, whatever you happen to like more. Or extra cheese on your hot pocket. Exactly. So, or syrup on your waffles. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I think this card's fine. I mean, I think blue-white spirits is, like, you know, obviously something, you know, you might be able to pick up. 
um, you know, in a draft or, or in limited. Um, we haven't seen too many, like, bonkers spirits cards at common or uncommon. Um, so it doesn't really seem to be a super strong tribe. But again, I mean, it's a 4-4 four, four flyer. So, you know, for 5 mana, which is, you know, fairly competitively costed, you know, so this is probably going to be making your deck. Any other thoughts? No, I mean, there there's some unofficial spoiler, spoiled spirits out there, but nothing that's, like, that's blowing my mind yet. Um, I'm really... I just, I hope that they're not waiting for the next set, like, when more stuff starts dying, like, more humans start dying to make more spirits. Yeah. I mean, like, we are... Uh, you know, we're, we'll talk about some of the stronger tribes later, but but so far in the spoilers, like, you know, humans and um, spirits do not seem to be the strong tribes, you know, thus far. So if you're drafting tribal, I'm not sure that's the way to go yet. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to that more later. Um, let's jump over to our first mythic rare um, of the set. Uh, three colorless, white, white. It's a creature angel again. It's angelic overseer. It's a 5-3 flying angel. As long as you control a human, angelic overseer has hexproof and is indestructible. Um, you know, again, it, it follows in much the same vein. It's a big flyer. So, like, you know, you're going to play it. And if you happen to have humans... You know, again, yay. <laughs> if you don't, obviously it's a little bit soft, but you know it's still a big flyer, so so you're gonna roll with it. Um, are there better mythics? I'm hoping to open uh, at the release events. Yes, uh, I would say so. I have a big problem with the flavor of this card. You know, why is it that a human makes an angel indestructible? Why can't an angel make all your humans indestructible? Right? Like, it just seems like... Yeah, a little bad. It's kind of like the idea of, like, you know, without faith, you know, there is no, like, deities. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I guess. But, but this, I... You know, yeah, but I kind of get what you're saying. I mean, you, you assume that, that the angel is overseeing the humans. So why are the humans protecting and, you know... From a card flavor standpoint, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it if I open it. I'm playing white, like I'm gonna play it. I, I'm much more upset about the fact that it's a five three, and that like constructed wise, like dismember just eats it alive, and that just incinerate kinda... eats it alive. I mean, but if well, it's hexproof. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it gets hexproof, you know, it's 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 a whole other issue. But, I mean, we've been talking about, like, the good humans, right, that are already in standard, but that will be left in standard after rotation. And, like, there's a fair chunk in white, so there's something, you know, we might see something. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would hope more out of, like, a five-mana mythic than this, but... I mean, it's not Baneslayer Angel, right? Like, no, it's, it's definitely not. I mean, for the, for the same cost, it's like a third of what base layering gave you, really? Yeah, 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 for sure. It's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of disappointing overall. Like, flavor-wise, it's, it's pretty sweet, um, but a little disappointing overall, so. Um, yeah. All right, anyway, the next card, uh, I, I don't think it's disappointing. I actually think uh, this is a, is a pretty sweet card. 
Um, champion of the Parish. It's one white creature, human soldier, which is important. It's a human. It's a 1-1. One, one. Uh, but whenever another creature, or sorry, whenever another human enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on Champion of the Parish. Um, we talked about humans maybe not being the most powerful tribe thus far, um, and I would stick to that, but if we do start seeing some good utility humans come out, then this guy is something you'd be pretty excited to have in your pu in your pool in kind of like a white weenie beatdown style deck. Yeah, I mean he's he's a lot like Hot of Freeblade, right? Like Yeah, that's yeah. You're like X one for one that gets pumped every time you play like a human. Like I know Hot of Freeblade's ally, but like in the same sense. Like yeah, well, in a tribal-themed deck, like, it may actually be easier to get humans, because, like, most white cards are either humans or spirits. Yeah. yeah whereas allies, it, that wasn't necessarily true, so... Yeah, it was hard because they spanned all colors, but, like, he, like, he seems, like, fairly powerful. I mean, if you were playing, like, a white weenie strategy, either in limited or outside, you know, like, um, I don't know, any time that you can have... I mean, he could be a 2-2 two, two for 2, or 2-2 two, two for 1 on turn 2, right? Yeah. Which is good. I mean, yeah. anytime you can do that, it's pretty good. Assuming you, like, you know, you hit your curve, you play, like, Elite Inquisitor or something, which we're going to get to. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the most recent, like, equivalent, you know, How to Freeway is a good one. Maybe You know, maybe another one is, like, Gideon's Avenger. Um, you know, a little more expensive, but, like, similar in that, like, if something else happens, you know, he gets pumped. So, you know, in certain games, like, he's really good, uh, and in others, he's not. This one's a little more draw-dependent, you know, than Gideon's Avenger. Yeah. Um, but, like, I mean, you know... In late game, this guy's just useless if you draw him, too. Yeah, sure. But, like, you draw this guy on, like, turn six, it's, like, sweet a 1-1. One, one. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, like, he, he's probably going to eat removal at some point. Like, someone's going to be like, ah, I can't really let him get any bigger. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a, a solid card. You know, obviously, you know, if you're in white, you know, this is something you want to consider, but you know, not necessarily that highly unless you have, I'm gonna say six or seven humans, you know, in your deck, and, and not forcing six or seven humans, you know, like six or seven playable humans, you know, not not just like some garbage ones you're adding for this guy. Yeah, so what you've seen this far, though, pack one, pick one, like, is this the guy? Um... Like, do you take one and then are able to then force human tribal? Yeah, I mean, like, probably. I mean, I mean I, obviously we don't know the whole set. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to call without the whole set being spoiled. Um, like, you know, what what's the most powerful colors? Um, I mean, I like to play white. I, th I think there's some good white cards. But the problem is, is that so many of the cards spoiled so far are rares and uncommons. That it's just tough to know, like, with what frequency. You know, because, like, a lot of times in draft, like, pack six through nine are, like, really where you build the strength of your deck. You know? So, I mean, sure, I'd, you know, I'd probably take this guy, but. Yeah. Yeah, you know, at this point, I guess. Anyway, uh, Dearly Departed is the next card. It's four colorless, white, white. It's a 5-5 five, five flyer. 
Uh, it's a creature spirit. As long as dearly departed is in your graveyard, each human creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. Uh, it's just, it's, it's gonna get annoying at some point, but I'm gonna say it again. Like, 5-5 five, five flyer. So you're gonna play this card, and the ability is just, like, sweet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's good. Like, white is spirits, humans, and angels, and this is a spirit that interacts with humans. So it's, it's pretty spot on, right? Yeah, now, like, in your question before, like, if this is, like, pack one, pick one, like, yeah, I, I snap this thing up, and then I kind of move into white. You know, this doesn't necessarily put me into humans, though. This just kind of yeah. puts me into white. You know, whereas, yeah, the champion's like, uh, I got this thing, it'd be sweet to get humans, but you know, I don't really care at the same time, because, like you said, if I draw them turn six... That kind of sucks. Whereas if I draw this turn six, I'm like, sweet. You know, this is a this is actually a pretty awesome card to draw. Yeah. So this is much more of a finisher, whereas champion, you know, is a little bit hit or miss. You know, without being able to control your deck like you're able to, you know, in like standard constructed. Yeah. The next card, however, is just pretty much a sweet bomb in my opinion, and uh, and you can totally draft around it. Uh, Divine Reckoning costs two and white white, so four total. It's a sorcery. Each player chooses a creature he or she controls and destroy the rest. And as flashback for seven, uh, five colorless white white. Um, so this is definitely a card in limited that uh, you want to first pick and that you can totally build a nice little controlling deck around. I feel like. Yeah, I mean it's it's. Wrath of God, right? Day of Judgment, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's Day of Judgment oh. with Flashback, which actually makes it even better. Um, because if you're playing an aggro strategy, they know that they just can't even commit that many more creatures to the board. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they just have to sit there and beat you with, like, one or two guys and hold guys in their hand. Because anytime they overcommit, you just flash it back in. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, if you're able to, you know, play this, keep your, you know, like your nice little defender, or, you know, you're like 0-4, or maybe, you know, just whatever, your defensive guy in the battlefield, um, you know, it just, it just kind of sucks for your opponent, because, you know, they're going to be, you know, finding a tough time to break through, knowing that you can just cast it again in another couple turns. So I really like this in this set, especially because some of the aggressive decks seem to have transform, which is going to be a little slower. And this just seems to come down on like the turn where it's really going to like do a lot of damage. Yeah, both times, right? Like even like on curve. Yeah. Like turn four, it could be pretty brutal, and then turn seven, it could be really brutal too. Yeah, exactly. So I just think it's a sweet card. Um, like I said, we're not going to talk too much about standard, but it's, I think it's going to be a sweet card in standard, too. So, um, the Next card is the Elite Inquisitor. White, white. Creature, human, soldier, 2-2. Two, two. First strike, vigilance. Protection from vampires, werewolves, and zombies. Uh, I think this card is a yeah, big bomb um, in this set in limited. Uh, that if you open it, you will be very happy and, and probably want to play it. As... Um, it beats for two and then can protect for two um, every turn um, against a lot of the decks you'll be facing. So if you're able to draft this or pick it up and sealed, 
a lot of the decks you'll be playing against, you know, simply will have no way to stop this guy. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot of spot removal either. I mean, there's some, obviously, but we haven't just seen it yet. Uh, so, I mean, there's not going to be a lot that, I mean, angels, other humans, and spirits are what's going to take this guy, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And let's be honest, um, like, the other humans aren't that great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, he, he feels... And the angels are just going to kill everything anyway. I guess he doesn't have protection from demons, though. Like, that's something to worry about. There are some big, fatty demons. Yeah. But at that point, like, you know, you don't even really... I mean, like... At that point, you're probably dead. Right? Like, if they play their, like, big 6-6 demon, like, you're just dead. He he feels very similar to, like, Mirren Crusader was in Mirrodin. Um, And that, like, in certain matchups, he just straight up won you the game. Like, if Mm -hmm. you're playing against Infect, like, and you drop Mirren Crusader on turn 3, they're just, like... I should probably scoop. <laughs> you know, like, that's how this guy is going to feel, I feel like, in, in some situations. Um, like, obviously, he's a little more susceptible to removal, but at the same time, like, I think he has that sort of application. Probably not as strong as that, um, but, but you know, really good. Um, another card that follows him up that is pretty similar and does white a lot of flavor justice is Fiend Hunter. White, white, colorless, so a total of three. Uh, creature, human cleric, he's a 1-3. And when he enters the battlefield, you may exile another target creature. When he leaves the battlefield, you may return the exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Now, it's not a may, though. The second one's not a may. Yeah, 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 not a so. may. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Um, so, yeah, so... Pretty solid, very cool flavor. Um, you know, get defensive, you know, little utility guy, 1-3, um, that kind of gets in there and, and hunts some fiends for you. Um, I, it's it's an awesome pick. Uh, it, it, if you first picked it, that's not really that bad a first pick. Um, you know, it, it's just a sweet little card. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's fine. You know, it's, it's Journey to Nowhere, right? but it's easier to get rid of and it costs more. So from like a standard standpoint, like if you're not cheating this guy in and like using it to help your combo, yeah. it's probably no good. Um, other than that, it's probably fine. Like, I mean, yeah. you need creature removal in every color. This guy is white creature removal. Yeah, I mean, we we had the little um the little guy in 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 Mirrodin block, the guy who removed artifacts. What was his name again? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. He was like white, white, and he exiled an artifact, and when he died, oh, in relic order. Yeah, yeah, relic order. Like this guy is pretty similar to that. Like in this block, you know, you can definitely get rid of one of their threats. You know, for a little while. You know, at least. And, and, and in a set that seems to be very, like, combat-dependent, you know, you, you can probably, like, keep him out of harm's way for a while. So, so yeah, I mean, he's, he seems pretty good. Uh, the next, yeah, I don't hate him. Yeah, yeah. The next card is Menor the Meek, two Carlos and a white. Human Soldier is a 2-2. Whenever another creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay one. If you do, draw a card. So um, good. Yeah, um, in limited he seems very good. 
Um, let's see, you know, in like a smaller deck and a control, you know, in like a little white weenie or aggressive, you know, little guy deck. Um, you know, because of the card advantage he represents, and in limited, it's very tempo based, it's very card advantage based, and this guy offers kind of an unlimited amount of that. I mean, because if you're in white, I mean, there's card we talked about, right? There's out of cards we talked about that are white. There's one, two, three that don't trigger this ability. Yeah, the, the problem so far again is like we've only seen like a lot of rares, mythics, and uncommons. Right, but you um, gotta figure that the yeah you the gotta commons are yeah you like gotta bears. figure the, yeah yeah the commons are bears or less, and so like right, there's like gonna be a lot of. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of triggers. There's going to be a lot of triggers for this guy. Yeah. So... I mean, he, yeah, he makes Rune Claw Bear 2 and a green, draw a card, 2-2. Two, two. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, something you definitely want to play and, and, and be aware of. Uh, I think it's it's a very nice card, so... Um, next card is a Mythic. It was the first card spoiled, I believe, out of the set. Micaeus um, the Lunark. He's X and a white. He's a legendary creature, human cleric. He comes in as a 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, but Micaeus the Lunarch enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus 1 counters. You may tap it to put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on him. Or you may tap it to remove a plus 1 plus 1 counter from him and put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on each creature you control. So... My first thought about this guy was kind of like a Steel Overseer type replacement um, in kind of a White Weenie or maybe even a Tempered Steel type deck. Um, and in Limited, he's like a clear bomb because you can either play him early and try to like, you know, just kind of get in there really quick, you know, or you can hold him till late and just, you know, play him as a huge guy. I mean, once you've built up like seven or eight mana, you just play him as a 7-7 seven, seven and you know, bash away if you want, or pump up the entire rest of your army, or just keep pumping him up. So, it seems pretty solid to me. Yeah, he seems really good. Like, I mean, I think in, like, a Steel Overseer, like, Tempered Steel deck, like, you'd want to cast him for four, probably, right? Turn three or turn four. Sure, yeah. When you're just, like, at it, when you're out of gas. Yeah. Um, but it's, he's, he's good at what he does. I mean, even if, like, like, if you play him for one, right, like, if you, if you pay two mana to play him, and then you have three creatures in play, and you remove the counter on him, like, he's he's done, like, you've gotten value, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like two mana put three one-one counters on three target creatures, like, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And then if, if, like, you know, if you're kind of ahead, you just add a counter to him, take it off next turn, you know, just do yeah. that every other turn, like, you know, your guys get pretty big pretty fast. So, um, you know, like, not, like, powerhouse awesome, but, you know, a good, a good card, so. Yeah, playable, um, definitely unlimited, definitely first pick, um, standard, he'll need, I mean, like, every, every new card that comes out for standard, you just have to work it, right, like, some of them are auto-fits, you know, like, Batter Skull was an auto-fit card, like, that card is full, and we were like, yep, that's gonna be good, but, like, he's just gonna take work. Yeah, so like, yeah, that's standard, so let's keep going. Um, Slayer of the Wicked costs three colorless and a white. He's a creature, human soldier, he's a 3-2. Whenever he enters the battlefield, you may destroy, target, vampire, werewolf, or zombie. Um, 
So this is like as close to a guaranteed two for one <laughs> as I've seen in the set. There's a couple other cards, but um, you know, like I said, in you know, sixty, yeah, maybe even eighty percent of your matchups, you know, you're going to be playing against one of those archetypes. So you're gonna get a two for one out of this guy. Um, yeah. Which is what you want. <laughs> so, very playable. Uh, obviously, main deckable. And you can play multiples and not really be worried about it. Because for four mana, a 3 2 body is fine. Like, that's yeah. not that bad. And you're going to destroy potentially, you know, a great card of theirs. I mean, in white, to have targeted creature removal, like, you pay four mana for that, like. Often, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's, like it's it's a white like it's it's not Doomblade, right? It's not that good, but you know white doesn't do that, and it's really nice that this set gives almost home feel, right? Because they're the humans, like they have a little advantage. Sure. Yeah, I mean the the white is in in Innistrad, White is white is defensive. Um, it has a couple two-for-one cards so far, and, like, Fiend Hunter and this guy, and, like, you know, arguably maybe Micaeus, um, Mentor of the Meek, you know, could easily be, you know, two-for-one or better. Divine Reckoning, you know, is, it should always be at least a two-for-one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of their theme, is we're defensive, we do little utility things, which are neat, you know, we kind of generate you a little bit of card advantage. And this guy is kind of the prime example of that. Yeah, do you see who's in the background of the art? Micaeus, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. He's got that same hat on. Yeah. Unless that hat is just, like, given to everybody. But it looks like a Pope hat, right? I mean, like, only the Pope can wear the Pope hat, right? That's true. I mean, I haven't seen very many other people in a Pope hat. That's right. I mean, I think if I wore the Pope hat, people would be upset, right? So if someone wore Micaeus's hat, you'd probably be a little upset. You'd, you'd think so. Yeah. I think Micaeus <laughs> would be upset. That, that guy would probably be upset, too. Because hey, yeah, if he was a vampire werewolf or zombie wearing the Pope hat, he'd be pissed. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> how about a white double face card? That's true. Here we go. Uh, the only that, one we have spoiled so far. Um, is it the only one we're getting? I don't know. I don't have the check. No, there's but. one more. There's one more. Okay, so we'll see I'm, one there more. There were two. There were two, so... We'll see one more of these guys. Um, this guy is, is well done. Um, it's. Well, I'll read it, and then I'll tell you what I think it's the first I've ever seen out of white. Um, Thrabin, or Throbin. We'll call it Throbin. That just sounds kind of cool, and then I'll get a lot of shit online about how I pronounced it wrong. Throbin. Definitely Thrabin, but Throbin is good, too. Oh, yeah, like, he's Throbin, man. Like, Throbin Sentry. <laughs> There's three colorless and a white. He's a creature human soldier. He's a 2-2 Vigilance. But whenever another creature you control dies, you may transform him. And then he becomes the Throbbing Militia. It sounds like a rock band, kind of, actually. I kind of like it. Yeah. Well, I think we might rename the podcast. Throbbing Militia Cast. <laughs> We're about to become a lot more badass. Uh, anyway, Throbbing Militia is a 5-4 Trampler human soldier. And I am pretty sure this is the first time I've ever seen the word trample on a white card. I'm looking it up. Okay, well, we're always going to look that up. But I'm pretty confident since I've been playing, which is not that long, 
I don't think I've ever seen a white card that has the word trample on it. Um, so, anyway, kind of cool. Uh, definitely playable and limited. Um, you know, he had, obviously, if, he, if he's able to flip, which shouldn't be too hard, you know, considering creatures are going to die at some point. Um, you know, you, you get a big guy um, for, for less mana. And the thing to think about with these with these transform cards is that what they did is is they made them feel powerful um, without actually being powerful. Because the way they kind of tricked us is that they make us pay a lot, you know, probably too much, you know, for the day side, you know, the front side of the card. You know, paying, you know, four mana for a 2-2 Vigilance isn't that good. In fact, it's not good at all. But then if you're able to flip him right away, getting a 5-4 Trampler, you know, on turn 5 for four mana that you paid the last turn, that is actually good. Um, it's just that the fact that flipping a lot of these cards is very conditional. Sometimes it depends on, entirely on your opponent. You have no control over it. And so that's kind of the way they tricked us into thinking that these transform cards are actually more powerful than they are. Now, will it randomly transform exactly when you want it to and be awesome? Yes. And that's exactly why they're successful, is because in a random type way, these cards will be powerful, you know, X percentage of the time. And then X percentage of the time, they'll be completely worthless for you. <laughs> True. I'm getting some results here. Getting some results. So other white tramplers? I, mean, I imagine there has to be some. I, I just haven't seen some, you know, let's say last two years of standard. Okay, that's that's probably fair. I'm finding 14, period. Okay, so. Um, a Chroma Angel of Wrath tramples. Yeah. Angry Mob tramples. Never heard of it. <laughs> Bringer of the White Dawn tramples. But he can also be played for, like, he's seven white, white, or can be played for, like, woo work, like, white, blue, black, red, green. Oh, okay. Um, Elder Landworm, which is from, like, fourth <laughs> and Legends, right? Um, is a defender with trample for seven. He's a 5-5, five, five, and when he blocks, he loses defender. So I don't, I don't see how trample is relevant. Oh, But maybe that's forever. Yeah, it's gotta be forever. Yeah, there's a Iron Tusk Elephant from Mirage that has Trample. I guess that uh, makes there's sense. a creature from Arcadian Mask. Yeah, like there's nothing recent. Oh, oh. From Conflux? From Conflux. There's Mirror Mirror Sigil Sergeant, who's a 4 4 Rhino Soldier with Trample that makes copies of himself. Does he have green that, in him, though? Is he straight white? He has five and a white. Oh, alright, well. That's, there, there that's the newest one. Anyway, not really a mechanic to usually <laughs> give to white, so just kind of interesting um, that they're willing to do that with these transform cards, is that the transform side, and they're willing to let it kind of bleed a little bit. Um, so, But anyway, that, um, that leaves us out of white. Um, initial thoughts from white are kind of what we said. Defensive creatures, um, what we have so far, you know, a little bit of utility... Um, just trying to hang on, you know, here in Inish, you know, here in Innistrad, in, in the midst of all this horror. So let's go to blue, because blue has the best cards. Uh, and let's start it out though with a decent card. Um, Battleground Geist is four colorless and a blue. 
He is a 3-3 flyer creature spirit. And other spirit creatures you control get plus one, plus zero. So kind of like a little, like, uh, you know, a little pump for all his spirit friends. He's an uncommon, too. So, um, you know, you can get him with some frequency. And it seems that, uh, well, maybe you can comment on this a little more, but it seems like the 3-3 three, three flyer for five is pretty much in every set, you know, in in blue that, that in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, there it's a pretty common common mana cost for a blue creature or for a blue flyer. Um, I mean, it's not spectacular, right? Like, I don't think it ever will be. Um, but it's it's playable, right? Um, so. Yeah, I mean, he he does some cool stuff. He's like a, a mini spirit lord because he gives only a bonus to the front end. But it, it lends itself well to, like, you know, what we assume is going to be blue-white flyers, um, <laughs> which, surprise, looks really strong and limited. Yeah, no, I, definitely a solid guard. Um, good offensive, you know, spirit. So, you know, you'll take it. And then the cool thing is he's, he's like, a little bit splashable, too. It's, like, you know, you can be mostly white and kind of add him in and, and, and be fine with it. Yeah. So. I like this next card, though. Sure, take it away. Crackling Counterpart, one and a blue-blue. It's an instant, and you put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature you control. Um, and it has flashback for five and double-blue. I mean, it's, it's like clone, right? Because it, like, it's a, it's a token copy, so it copies everything, including mana cost. But what's cool about, cot like, clone effects in this set is it clones whatever side of the double face card is face up. So like, you can just clone the flip side of your double face card, and it stays bonkers forever. Hmm, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. Right. And you can do it at instant speed, so like if your guy is going to flip, you're like, ha-ha, boom, here's my bomb, forever. Yeah, you know, I think the instant speed is what makes this thing sweet. So it would be terrible, it would not be not be great as a sorcery, but it's a combat trick, right? Yeah, it's a combat trick, you know, it's, it enters the battlefield trick, um, you know, they're, they're bashing in, and you can kind of copy something sweet, and maybe even as an enters the battlefield ability... You know, and, like, really get them, like, two for one, maybe even a three for one. Yeah. So. I mean, even if they're, like, attacking with, like, a three-three or a five-five, and you copy your three-three, it's like, right, block. Kill one of my guys. Like, it's not a big deal. Right? Like, even that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's, you're one for wanting them, but your creature didn't die, and you didn't take damage. Yeah. And what what's pretty sweet too is like the flashbacks obviously like pretty prohibitively expensive for for standard purposes. But but in limited, it's actually not bad because you know like at that point in the game, like you know, the other player has to be like, Well, if I play my bomb, he's gonna get to copy it. So I don't know. No, really... you only get to copy creatures you can Oh sorry, sorry, sorry. I meant sorry. I'm an idiot. But I think it still works. <laughs> no, it makes... If I'm, you know... Because you play your bomb on turn six and then copy it on yeah, turn seven. Don't like copy no, legendary creatures. Don't yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, no fear of me being like, 
turn two I play a dude, turn three I copy that guy, you know, because then on like turn you know six I'll play my bomb and then turn seven I'll copy him. Yeah. Yeah, like that's kind of why this guy is you know pretty sweet. Also, don't okay. Other than the fact that Micaiah is legendary, don't copy him either. Yeah. Because it'll come to play with zero counters on it. <laughs> No, so, but I mean, I like the idea of copying, like, flipped cards. Yeah. That's probably, like, in limited, it's probably the best utility you're going to get out of this guy. It's like, flipping your your bomb, like, whatever that flips back, like, your best werewolf. And then it stays there forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, the next card is Civilized Scholar. It's a double-faced card. It's actually multicolored, but just different colors in each face. It's a creature, human advisor, he's a zero one, and he's a looter. Draw a card, discard a card. If a creature card is discarded this way, though, you untap him again, and then transform him. And he transforms into the Homicidal Brute, which is a 5-1 red creature, human, mutant. And at the beginning of your end step, if he didn't attack, tap him and transform it back to the Civilized Scholar. So this is... Uh, Jekyll and Hyde uh, as uh, Dr. Jekyll will draw you a card and if you happen to discard a creature card he becomes uh, Hyde, the evil monster and if you attack with Hyde great, and if you don't transform him back to the civilized scholar yeah he's fine you know I mean a looter some flexibility, which I think is awesome, so you know, because like, your looter is almost always tapped anyway, right? So at least this guy has the idea like, is able to you know, is able to attack, so Oh man, what if you, like, they're attacking, right? You have one card in hand, it's a dude, it's a creature. Tap, draw, pitch your creature, untap, flip, block, kill him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's... Well, like, that's fine. Yeah, it makes combat math, like, super confusing, so... Yeah, it's like, oh, man, do they have a creature in hand? Do they not? Like, combat's really tough. I have a question about these double face cards, though. And so far, this one and Garrick have been, like, the only problem ones, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're truly colorblind, right, isn't the red circle and, like, the black circle and the green circle all going to look the same? Right. Uh, and, yeah. and so far, right. And normally on these cards that don't have a mana symbol in the upper right hand corner, it says this card is red. This card is blue. Like ancestral vision, right? It says this card is blue. Yep. Right on it. So this card is red. I know it's red because I see the red circle and the red card frame. <laughs> yeah. If you can't perceive that color is red, I mean it's so it's so far irrelevant in the set. Um. Yeah, but it's I, I not no irrelevant idea. in that you can celestial purge it when it flips. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know why the card face itself didn't didn't uh, solve those issues. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you could have just put like like where the circle is, put a red mana symbol instead of just a red circle. Yeah, I don't know. Simple, simple solution for a problem that may not affect. Anyone you know that plays Magic? Like, I don't think I know any colorblind players that play Magic. Is that, is that, I know, is that what they said? Is that why they did it? 
it's not they didn't they just said you know if so we don't have to put this block of text that this you know homicide author is red well, in it. so they're like oh yeah. we're gonna shortcut it you know like they do with keywords but it's like color key I mean, it seems obvious to me that because of the red card frame, that it's red. I mean, like, I've I've never known any other way to... But if you're colorblind... You know, because, like, we have flashback cards that have, like, white mana in the symbol, but it's still, like, a green card. Right, but you can... The symbols have an image, right? So, like, if you're colorblind, you're going to perceive the difference between, like, the shape, like, of, like, the island mana symbol and the symbol. Uh, Yes. Like, you can see this... You know, you'll tell the difference. You just won't know if it's so. If it's just like a red circle, it might just look like a green circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. All right, I gotcha. So that's just my my. That's like my big issue with the set, and not. I don't even know anyone that has this problem. Yeah, wizards, you screwed it up. Next. <laughs> Curse so, of the Bloody Tome. Is, I don't like it. Okay, so while he doesn't like this card, um, I actually think it could be bonkers and limited. Um, provided you get like four or five of them. Uh, it's an aura curse and it enchants a player. At the beginning of enchanted player's upkeep, that player puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Um, so the kind of thing I thought about this is that basically if you put this, like, if you put like, let's say two of these on somebody, like, that's four cards a turn. Like, that's a serious no nonsense clock. And combined with any other you know, like, mill-type effect, you know, you you could get somebody pretty good, you know, with this card. Yeah, but isn't it just worse than Jace's Erasure? Because you draw a card every single turn. It's so like, you play two Jace's Erasures, it's the same clock, but it came out a turn faster. But isn't Jace's Erasure just one card? Okay. Okay. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I thought. So... <laughs> I don't I, know. I just... I, the I thing know. that kind of, like, took me over the edge in this card is that it's common. So, you know, your chance of seeing four or five of them in a draft is, is actually pretty good. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. You know, I'm, I'm not saying this is like, oh my god, this card is bonkers, you should always play it. But, you know, like, if like 10th, 11th, and 12th pick, you, you know, you all you get cursed with a buddy tome, yeah, like, oh, 10th pick, cursed. You know, 11th, you know, in pack one. I, I would, you know, if you decided, like, hey, I'm going to build a blue defensive deck, you know, and I'm gonna have five curses in it. That's fine. Like I would be like, all right, that's totally viable. You know, like if if you get enough defensive stuff to kind of you know build around that, I think that's a total viable way of killing somebody in this format. Especially if you first picked Mind Shrieker. Sure. Which we're coming to. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's not a lot of blue mill, though, right? Like, there's yeah. that guy. Yeah, we haven't seen any yet. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, at this it's point... It's really early, too. We yeah, saw the it, cards. Yeah, yeah. At this point, you know, based on what's out there, just kind of be aware that it's common. You know, so like, it, it could be easy to pick up. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, the next card is Deranged Assistant. It's one colorless and a blue. It's Creature, Human, Wizard. And you can tap it to put the top card of your library into your graveyard and add one to your mana pool. And it's a 1-1. Now, I think this card is fascinating um, because the graveyard seems to be important and because he's a low mana cost that ramps you and mills you. And is blue. And is blue. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I, I just don't have much precedent for, like, you know, this kind of abilities. 
but it seems good. Like it seems like it's gonna it's gonna like play a role in some decks. It would be sweet to tap him, get that extra mana you need, and like put a flashback card in your graveyard and like cast it and win. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean exactly. Like you know. I mean, if there's like any like top deck manipulation stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, I I just think like with with flashback cards, and if you were able to like kind of construct a deck that I don't know, like I haven't seen enough in limited that makes me want to like dump my you know library into my graveyard. But if we see more of it, you know, maybe, maybe you know this guy sees some more play. Like I think he's gonna get more talk when we talk about standard though. So with that being said, let's let's hop over to the next one and, and maybe we'll come back to this guy. Uh, Grasp of Phantoms is three colorless and a blue. He's a sorcery, and you can put target creature on top of its owner's library. Then it flashes back for seven and a blue. So what do you think? Grasp of Phantasm or Phantoms plus any like mill, right? Is good. Like you grasp the Phantoms, their best dude after you played Curse of the Bloody Tome on them, and then they put it in their graveyard. Like that's fine. Sure. But. It's, I mean, it's a four mana sorcery that, like, slightly better on summon. Yeah. I guess. Like, excommunicate is the card that it, uh, it most closely represents, which costs right, that three was, mana. That was two and a white, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. It yeah. does what it, it's made to do what it does, and clearly it was made to pair with, like, a mill strategy, like, get that guy out of here. Yeah. You know, so what it, that's that's the best utility for it. I mean, if you're if you pick up a bunch of you know curse of the bloody tomes and then happen to have some grasps of phantasm, like their creatures are probably going to be in the graveyard. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the thing I like about this guy, this card, is that you know it, it's very tempo. You know, you can get some tempo out of it. You know, by sending something back. Um, the set doesn't have as many enters the battlefield abilities as some of the previous sets. Um, you know, so you can kind of safely bounce some stuff and, and not be worried about giving them more value out of it. Um, and then the flashback, you know, it's not like immediately relevant, but like, you know, it, it may be. You know, you can push through some damage at the very end of the game or stuff like that. So uh, I'm a little disappointed because I think they could have made it cost like two and a blue. And then like five and a blue, or make it an instant and leave it the same. Yeah, or make it that definitely. Um, that would I mean, that, this card would be a hundred times better if it were an instant. And yeah, read so exactly it, the same. So right now, I definitely think it's a little underpowered. Um, I, I wouldn't really like be super excited about running it, um, but yeah, I'm gonna give it a whirl at some point and and, and kind of see how it plays out. So the next card. Um, Best creature in the set. Is is very good in standard. Uh, in limited, it's not quite as good. Um, still, still fine. Um, Dude, I don't know. There's some equipment that like is pretty good if you're a human. Sure, sure. So what's invisible stalker is one colorless and a blue. It's a human rogue creature, one one. And then the important thing is he's hexproof and unblockable. Um. So so. Just the really short, like, why he's broken in the standard. Like, there are swords in the set, and they do broken things. And, like, you can put this on him with no fear of a removal spell, 
then and then he's unblockable. So like, <laughs> I mean, it's the only reason. Like this, co- I don't know. Is it better than Squadron Hawk? Like, would you rather equip a sword to this guy than Squadron Hawk? I think post Jace the Mind Sculptor, yes, he is easily better than Squadron Hawk. Right, because like the best thing with Jace is like shipping the Hawk back and like drawing extra cards. But like with this, it's just like. I'm getting through. My damage is getting through. You're going to yeah. discard. I'm going to tap. You're going to take extra. I'm going to lightning heal at you. Yeah, there's or, nothing you can do about what I'm about to do. Like, mill 10, give me a wolf that's going to get pow- powered up by my werewolf buddies. Like, yeah. All of those cards on this guy are bonkers good. Yeah, exactly. That list available at manasculpting.com. Um, with that being said, like... Yes, there are some cool enchantments, a little bit cool, and then and then um, and some neat equipment so far, but nothing that's like, oh my god, this guy's insane and limited. Like, you know, yeah, it's not like Batter Skull. Yeah, like I I think of this guy as like a little bit like Tormented Soul, um, you know, in, in, in limited, like he's fine, but like he's not like insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, the standard he's broken, so we'll talk. I mean, more this about- is the card that I'm gonna pick up foil copies of. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, and that's totally fine. Like I I mean it's one of those like you know like time timely reinforcements, right? Like yeah. I bought them like crazy at the pre release and release like a quarter. Yeah, he's a great uncommon in the set to, to kind of accumulate some of and, and go wild. Yeah, like spec you know, this is this is the uncommon of the set that I'm gonna speculate on by trying to collect foils of Yeah. Um, so the next card is Laboratory Mechanic, sorry, Laboratory Maniac. Laboratory Maniac, for those pronunciation. Laboratory Mechanic, I like it. Bitches. Two and a blue creature human wizard. He is a rare, because he's a 2-2. No, 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 he's a rare, because if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game. So if you... They better not put Doomblade in this set. <laughs> <laughs> if you mill yourself, uh, and this guy's on the battlefield, you win. So, a but Johnny card. He has to live till your next draw. Like. Yeah. Well, if you yeah, if you if you would lose the game by drawing a card, and when you have none to draw, you win the game. <laughs> right, because like if you're milled out, and then they mill you again, it's like all right, there's nothing there. But, like, as soon as you have to draw, then that's when you would lose. So, like, if, like, you mill yourself out, you can do it during your turn, because I haven't seen a whole lot of instant speed milling. Yeah. Right? But, like, you like could, you like... You yourself out. Yeah, you could, Maybe like... Maybe you uh, put yeah. Curse of the Bloody Tones on yourself, and then during your upkeep, you mill your last two cards, and you would draw nothing and win the game. Yeah. So... He's so bad. This card is so bad. Yeah, it's 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 probably really bad. Like, people are going to try to build a deck around it. I'm not going to bang my head against that wall. <laughs> Look at you, Conley Woods. Next. Uh, we're going to skip the next card. We covered it last week. Um, just don't... Ludovic's test subject flips into a 13-13. Don't pump a whole bunch of mana into it if you think your opponent has a counter spell. But you should definitely run it because the upside is so great if they don't have a counter or if they don't have like a removal spell, um, yeah. that that it's worth it. It's like a level up creature in that. Yeah, I mean it's it's an end of your opponent's turn. Activate that ability situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so know? so yeah. So if you have the mana, like go for it. But if you like if you think they're just holding you know, like a, some sweet removal spell, like don't. So 
you know, that's just something to think about. Um, but yeah, it's like a level up creature. That's how you should think about it. Yep. Um, Mind Shrieker is one and a blue. Um, did we cover this one already? No, no, we didn't. So flying, um, it costs two colorless. Target player puts the top card of his or her library in his or graveyard, and Mind Shrieker is XX plus XXX until end of turn, where X is that card's converted mana cost. It's a one-one flyer. There are way too many X's on that card. It's just three. <laughs> That's too many. <laughs> They're all in the same row, though. I see where you got confused. It's like Fireball. I, I don't know what that card is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. But, but you can you can activate this more than once a turn, right? So, like, you're yeah, killing your opponent. Exactly. Pumping your dude. So, like, if you're at, like, four mana and, like, you activate this ability twice. Because you can do it. Like, you can attack. Oh, no blocks. Bump, 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 bump. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, you can save him with this, um, you know, it's like kind of rolling the dice a little bit, because, like, you hit a land, well, that's, that's a bummer. You know, so you do it again, and, you know, maybe you hit something big, or, um, so it's a little roll the dice, but the upside's pretty big, um, so I'm definitely, you know, definitely playing this guy. Yeah, I mean, and it's a light mana investment, right, for yeah. what it could be? Yeah, for sure, like... I mean, you hit something bonkers, something really good. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, I just like milling my opponent because I feel like it's kind of like a win-win for me and a lose-lose for him. Because, hey, if I flip, you know, this, he'll be screwed. Like, if I flip his bomb into his graveyard, it sucks for him. You know, if I flip his, you know, land into his graveyard when he actually needed to land, ha, sucks for him. You know, I don't know which one's, you know, worse for him. But it's a win-win for me and a lose-lose for him. <laughs> yeah. So it's always kind of a good thing. Um, the next card is Mirror Mad Phantasm, which is three colorless blue blue. He has a lot of text, so get ready. He's a creature spirit. He's a five-one flyer, but his like what makes him a mythic rare is the fact that he is one colorless and a blue, and basically you can activate that ability for one colorless and blue, and you shuffle him into your library. And then you reveal cards from the top of the library until you reveal a card called Mirror Mad Phantasm. You put that card back onto the battlefield, and all other cards revealed this way into your graveyard. So you mill yourself until you find this guy again, or like a second copy of him if you're yep. playing Just Constructor. Just bad and limited, because you're not going to have more than one copy, and you will mill yourself. <laughs> yeah, he's super bad and limited. Like, I, I just, you, yeah, you'll mill yourself so fast. He's you know, not those five man flyers. You don't have to play. Yeah, he, yeah. He's a five. Like, just let him die. Like, if you if you want to play a five man flyer, fine. But if you want to play a five man flyer that has one toughness, like that, just kind of sucks. Yeah, I don't so, have anything else. Like, there's potential for this guy in standard, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk but, about him next week. Um, yeah. For his standard playability, but let's just gloss over it for now and just oh, know that you shouldn't should not be playing it. How about a five mana flyer that doesn't suck? Yeah, so take it away. Murder of crows, three double blue to bird. It flies. Whatever creature dies, you can. That, a lot of that rhymed. I like <laughs> it. When a creature dies, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. So it's like. A conditional looter that's a 4-4 flyer for 5. This is exactly what we talked about before, where it's a 4-4 flyer, it's 5 mana, and it has an ability. It doesn't have to be that cool, right? It's an ability. It does something else. Yeah. For sure. No, it's, 
It's a great card. You should be playing it. Yeah. For so, sure. Four, four, flyer for five. It's like the standard, and it, and it does something sweet. The next card, on the other hand, you should totally not be playing. It's a rooftop storm. It costs five colorless and a blue. It's a rare. It's an enchantment. I really hope I don't open it ever. Eh, I will, but you'll open. Yeah, they'll be like. That's what buying a case for you. Yeah, but (laughs) you may pay zero rather than pay the mana cost for zombie creature spells you cast. Whoop the freaking do! You know know why? I'm playing a commander version. I'm gonna play this card in commander with little blue black zombies. Yeah, knock yourself out. The reason this card sucks is because some people will be like, "Oh, we can play our zombies for zero. Yeah, well, you will have already played all your zombies before you cast this spell. This spell costs six. Your zombies all cost three, four, or five. You will have already yeah. played them. Here's what I don't understand. Lightning Bolt is one red mana, right? Yes. What You assume, since they're on the rooftop during a storm, that what wakes up the zombies is a Lightning Bolt. Why does it cost six mana to have a storm? Because you for had one to, mana for a lightning bolt. You had to build the rooftop. That's okay. You got me. Okay, <laughs> you assume the roof is there. Like, just go outside with like like a kite or a golf club. Yeah, that would have been easier. It's way cheaper just to stick a golf club in your zombie's chest than way, it is to go up on the roof. Way easier. Anyway, <laughs> don't I hate bo- that card. Plus that card. Plus you know the mythic we're gonna talk about in a second. You still have to sack or exile three dudes. So, Silent Departure is in between those cards, and it costs one blue, um, and you uh, unsummon a creature, return card creature to its owner's hand. It's sorcery speed, though, because it has a flashback of four and a blue. Um, and I actually think this card is a better version of the card we saw earlier. Um, but the sorcery speed makes it a little bit worse, but not enough where I'm not playing it. Yeah, I mean, um, it's... You're getting good utility, and you get to flash it back, which means it's like a, you know, like a two for one, which I love. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about that much more. Let's move on to the mythic scab ruinator. Yeah. So why don't you talk about the stats? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, one double blue zombie horror five six flyer. As an additional cost to cast scab ruinator, exile three creature cards from your graveyard. But you can play him from your graveyard. So, like, he has flashback. But he just doesn't say that, right? Because you just do it over and over and over. Yeah. Um, probably pretty bobby and limited. Um, you know, because your guys are going to die. It's limited. Your creatures die. And you're playing a lot of them. Um, there's a 5-6 flyer for three plus some dudes that already died. You know? Yeah. Like, we haven't seen a grave digger yet. Like, exile those creatures. It's fine. Yeah, so here's my thoughts. And, like, it's a Mythic Rare, so, you know, your chances of playing it limited are slim. And, like, yeah, you should probably play it because, you know, it's a 5-6 flyer. So, you know, go ahead. Um, But the three creatures you're exiling, like, that actually is a lot. Like, you know, the next couple standard matches you play, even the next couple limited matches you play, at the end of the match... Like, count the number of creatures in your graveyard. And then kind of figure out how many times you would actually be able to cast this guy. Um, yeah, but in limited, you're going to only need, like, what? Exactly. Right? No, no, no. I, I totally agree. Like, that's why I say play him in limited. Like, for sure. Like, he's in yeah. your deck. He's in your deck for sure. Um, but I, what, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is mostly is that people have been comparing him to Vengevine. 
He is not Vengevine. Like, he just isn't. It's it's not even a close comparison. Because Vengevine triggered, like, for free. Like, all you had to do was cast two creature spells, which is, like, cards you have in your hand. Like, there's no other manipulation of the game state other than casting two creature spells. This guy costs mana... And you have to, you know, com- re- somehow repeatedly fill your graveyard with other creatures. Yeah. So, like, it, it, it's actually more expensive than you think, and it's less value than Vengevine, especially because he doesn't even have haste. Yeah. So that that's my point. Very good. Like, he will see play. I, I expect him to see play in Standard, too, but I'd like uh, people to stop comparing him to Vengevine. Cause it's, yeah, because he's, he's not Vengevine. <laughs> yeah, he's just not. Like, it, it's two different cards, very different applications. And you're never going to be able to use him to trigger himself. Like, one of the cool parts about Vengevine is, like, you cast a Vengevine, you get a Vengevine. Yeah. Right? And, like, if there's four Vengevines in your graveyard and you play two land or else, you have four Vengevines to play. Exactly. Like, Whereas it's not with this, like you can exile three creature cards and then pay his mana cost once and bring all four of them back from the graveyard. Yeah. Like it's not. He's not that good. But you could not attack with the Sun Titan and get a Vengeance back. That's yeah. There's my piece on that. Like I don't know. I don't know who designed this card. Like who Wizards did it? But they must not have been the person that designed Sun Titan. Yes. Yeah, because getting they, this guy back with Sun Titan is very good. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I like in, like, even in, like, I'm just going to jump to standard just for a second, but in Birthing Pod, like, you sack your one, you sack your two, you get this guy. You already have two creatures in your graveyard, if, like, so, like, you can sack your three or whatever to get your four. And, like, if you already have another creature in your graveyard, you can just play this guy again and, like, chain up from four or have a five set. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, in Birthing Pod, this guy's insane. Um... You know, but just, like, without shenanigans like that, um, or Sun Titan, like, you know... Oh, yeah, no, it's it's just not that good. Yeah, like, but he, as with there is Sun Titan and Burning Pod, this is... I mean, he's probably one of, like... He's, like, the chase mythic so far, right? Like, other than the For sure. Uh, yeah, 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 other than Liliana, I'd say, actually. I think he's better than Garrick. Oh, yeah, I'd just say more... Garrick, more people are gonna pick Yeah, up more Garrick. people will chase Garrick, yeah, that's, that's fair. Okay. So anyway, so in limited you're gonna play him, um, and we'll talk more about standard as it comes up. Um, but then yeah, he's he's gonna be expensive, folks. So you know, sleeve him up. <laughs> the next card that is easily the chase rare, um, I think will be the most expensive rare out of the set. Probably the most expensive rare I've seen since I've started playing. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm overhyping this card, but I, I don't think so. I, I Do you think it'll be more than $12? Yes. Because okay. that's where we're at with Phantasm Limit. So. I, think, I think this card will be 20 minimum. And it will stay that way for months. Dude, and, he and comes back from Sun Titan 2. I know, exactly. And, it can only, oh and I think it can only go up from $20. <laughs> I do not think it can go down. But anyway, Snapcaster Mage. Um, he's one colorless and a blue. He's a creature, human, wizard. He's a rare. He's a 2-1. He has flash. Whenever he enters the battlefield, target instant or sorcery card in your graveyard. Gains flashback until end of turn. The flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. You may cast that card from your graveyard for its flashback cost and then exile it. So he's a 2-1. 
that flashes back an instant or sorcery for its original cost. So, you know, just to name like a few things that like are obviously going to be done, flashback mana leak, you know, flashback doom blade, um, you know, flashback incinerate, um, you know, I don't know, like flashback day of judgment, you know, if 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 you need to. How about flashback timely reinforcement? Yes, exactly. Flashback timely reinforcements. I mean, like, there are so many good utility, like, instant and sorcery, you know, cards right now. They're like, yeah, I'll take eight of those. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll add flashback for the same cost to that. Um, it's, it's just so good. It, it seems, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's awesome. <laughs> now... Like, in Standard, it's actually more awesome than it is in Limited, which doesn't happen all the time. Like, usually if a card's good in Standard, it's even better in Limited. But this is actually one of the times where it's probably better in Standard, because you get to, like, choose the exact instants and sorceries that are in your, you know, in your library. Yeah. Um, but but in Limited, he's still awesome, because, like, the instants and sorceries you are playing are all probably very good. And so, like, this is the kind of card you hold in your hand for a very long time, you know, where, like, you use, like, a fireball-type effect, you know, or something, like a removal spell, and then you're able to double up on that removal spell, you know, later in the game when it really matters. Any other thoughts? Um, oh, that's good. That's <laughs> really good. Yes. I mean, it's two mana, it's a two-one, it's an invitational card, like, so, gotta figure it's gonna see some amount of play. Yeah, and, like, the art is sweet, isn't it? Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's, like, a plasma gun or something he has strapped to his arm, right? Oh, yeah. Like, it's definitely making whatever he's casting come out faster. Yeah, and then like, he has, like... Like a, like a snap. And then he has, like, some, like, sweet, like, cane slash staff. Like, you know, just because. Yeah. Um, anyway... It, it's an, it would be sweet if this was the release prayer. Yeah, 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 it would be. Um, all of the invitational cards have seen um, extensive tournament play. Um, to kind of name the last couple, um, Ranger of Eos was one. Obviously, saw a lot of a lot of constructed play. Um, Dark Confidant. Dark Confidant is the most famous. You know, the most broken, uh, most powerful. Um, you know, saw a lot of constructed play. Um, so yeah, so yeah. I'm not gonna go yep. anymore because I think I've already done enough. We don't even have to cover it in standard anymore. Yeah, um, it, it's perfect. We've already the covered next card though. I mean, I know we've talked about it, but like I still think that's like one of the best. Like it's it's probably the best common spoil. It's it's up there, yeah, for sure. So Stitch Drake is blue, blue, white, or sorry, blue, blue, colorless. It's a three-four flyer. Um, as additional cost to cast it, you have to exile a creature card from your graveyard. So it's a very efficient, you know, flying dude. Um, anyway, we covered it last week, so listen to that cast. Stitcher's Apprentice is the next card, and it's it's pretty sweet, actually. Um, it costs one colorless and a blue, and it's a homunculus, which a lot of people like, apparently. It's also common, so pretty easy to pick up. It's a 1-2. And you tap it and pay one and a blue, and you put a 2-2 blue homunculus creature token on the battlefield, and then you have to sacrifice a creature. 
So that actually doesn't sound that good, but in reality, when you're trying to turn on Morbid for a lot of your other cards that we're going to get to pretty soon here, that's actually really good. Yeah. Um, it's basically a Morbid trigger every turn for one and a blue, um, which, as we'll see from some of the cards coming up, is actually really awesome. Um, we're going to skip over Undead Alchemist because it has too much text. Yeah, it's just not that good. I mean, yeah. There's, you did a set review on it. Yeah, I did a set um, review like in, on in it. In your blue set review, I'm, I posted a comment about how like it triggers itself. Yes. That's that's about it. I mean, it's a zombie that makes zombies. Yeah. That's what so zombies do. Read about it on manscolding.com. The next card, we're moving to black now, is Army of the Damned. It costs five colorless, black, black, black. So eight mana. It is a mythic rare sorcery. So get ready for that. We haven't had a good one ever. Uh, so we're we're about to see one that that's actually pretty solid. Because when you cast this, I'm laughing as I say it, you put 13 2-2 black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield tapped. Let me just repeat that. 13 2-2 zombie creature tokens. And I'm pretty sure they made an announcement that you have to carry the tokens with you if you were to cast this card. Just so you can go, mwahahaha. Oh, and by the way, just in case, just in case that doesn't just end the game, you can flash this card back <laughs> for 7 mana and black, black, black. So a total of 10. Yeah, I mean, they gave us a mythic rare, right? That loses to, like... I don't know, like, there's a rare in the set that deals for, it costs, it's like Blasphemous Act, it's like 8 in a red, it deals 13 damage Yeah. to each creature, and it costs 1 less for each creature in play, so like, 1 red mana, screw you. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. I mean, it's a rare, but like, that one's a mythic. Yeah. So, so I mean, they, they just need to like, print Pyroclasm. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, sweet mythic Pyroclasm. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, like, like, the zombie infestation treasure hunt deck. Um... <laughs> I mean, I like this card because, you know, if you cast it, like, you should win the game. Like, almost certainly that's going to do it for you. Because, like, even if even if they, like, have some way to kill all your zombies next turn, like, you can still flash it back in a couple turns. Unless they kill it with the Wrath of God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless they can flash back to Zizel. But... But yes, it, it's very good. I would, I would certainly play it. I think the format will be slow enough, you know, where you can construct a deck where you can stall out enough to just win with this card. Um, yeah, I mean it's fun. Like it's probably not going to be worth a lot of money if that's what you're into. But anyway, we're just covering limited, so. Yeah. The next card is is insane for limited. Actually, it, it's just awesome. It's Blood Gift Demon, three black black. 5-4 flyer, and the beginning of your upkeep, a uh, target player draws a card and loses a life. Uh, hopefully that will be you, unless of course you're you know, just pinging your opponent for the win. Um, but it is, uh, what is it, Necropotence um, every turn, and you just get to do it once, but, but still pretty good. Uh, so yeah, so again, it fits our categories. It's a big flyer, sweet ability. Play it. <laughs> I mean, it's um, the mon or I don't know what that card's called. We played it in Vampires. It's like two and a black, and you lose life equal to its converted mana cost, right? Which in black was like two or one. 
every time, like in vampires. I mean, it draws you cards and it's fly. And it's a 5x flyer for 5, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> we talked about it. It's it's a 5-5 five, five flyer and it does something cool. The end. Yeah, so the next card um, is actually one of my favorites, which is kind of weird, because I usually don't like vampires. Um, but the art is sweet, um, and I think the abilities are actually relevant, and I think you're going to see standard relevance, too. Um, go out on a limb there and uh, and call that. Um, but in limited, it's sweet, too. So Bloodline Keeper is two black-black, um, and it transforms into Lord of Lineage, but let's go over Bloodline Keeper first. There's a lot of text. It's a flying 3-3, and you can tap it to put a 2-2 black vampire creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Um, you may transform Bloodline Keeper for one black, and you can only do that if you control five or more vampires. Once he transforms, he is a 5-5 flyer, and then what makes him like ridiculous is that other vampire creatures you control get plus two, plus two. And if you tap him, you can put a 2-2 two, two black vampire creature token with flying on the battlefield. I don't see how creatures like this aren't legendary, though. You know, I like, I, I agree. Like, he, he really, like, that's the kind of guy that should be. Just like the mayor in green, right? But, like, yeah. like this card's pretty good outside of my issues with its flavor. This card's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I yeah, he's he's bonkers. <laughs> I mean, like, he takes over a limited flyers, game. Right? Yeah, he takes over I mean, a limited game really quickly. I mean, just by making flyers. I mean, I mean, if you like, if you just like sit there and you don't have any other vampires and you pump out flyers for a couple turns and you hit five and you flip it, you have an army of four four flying vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Like, if you control it to, let's say, like, let's compare it to, like, Throne of Empires, which costs, like, I think four mana, and you get to tap it to make, like, a 1-1. One, one. Yeah, you get to tap this to make a 2-2 two, two flyer, and it yep. costs four mana. And then not only that, but it has, like, other sweet abilities that don't rely upon getting other, other stupid cards into play. You yeah. know, like... It, yeah. This card's really good. It's really good. We'll talk about it a lot more um, in the next couple of weeks with Standard, but just know that it's really good, and, and you should be playing it. Um, the next card that's really good, and you should certainly be playing, like, I think a lot of people wouldn't play this because they think it costs too much, but it's really good, guys. Um, curse of Death's Hold. costs three colorless black black, and it's an aura curse, and it enchants a player. And in creatures, enchanted player controls get minus one, minus one. So, obviously, you put it on your opponent, unless you're an idiot. <laughs> and all of their creatures, you know, get minus one, minus one. So, it'll probably kill, like, a good amount of them. And then it'll also, you know, it just takes over the game. Like, if you've ever played with Elishnorn, which I know is more powerful than this, but still, you get a feel for what this is like, it's a game-winning card. Yeah, I mean, I just haven't seen a lot of X ones. I don't know. We haven't seen the comments. Like, we keep coming back to that, but like, yeah. In in what we have, there's like a few. Yeah, but you've seen enough like two twos and three threes to know right, like, that like making them all one one less and <laughs> then all your guys stay the same like is enough to tip the tide. Yeah. So, 
like, yeah, there's probably going to be some more X ones, but at the same time, like, this just tips the tide. And, anyway. Yeah. Play it, people. Please. Play it. <laughs> uh, it'll probably be a card I see on people's sideboards all over these upcoming sealed events, and, you know, I'll be unhappy for them. Yeah, um, after you beat them, tell them to go yeah. ahead and pick <laughs> Um, we, cover, we covered the ghoul already, so we're, we're going to skip it tonight. Um, I think we've covered Endless Ranks of the Dead as well, so we're going to skip that. Um, that's another card you should play if you have zombies. Um, the Falconroth Noble, which is three colorless and a black. It's a 2-2 vampire flyer. Uh, whenever another creature dies, a target player, your opponent, loses one life, and, and you gain one life. Um so yeah, he's fine in, in vampire deck. He he's sweet, um, you know, but he's not like fantastic. He's very similar to um, the Bloodseeker in the current format, um, except that yeah. he flies and costs a little more. Yeah, I mean, he's a little bit bigger too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think I'd rather play Abby Griffin than this guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's actually as far interesting. Like that that four mana flyer. Right, that we're seeing in all the colors. Like, yeah. I'm not sure, like he's just not the best, but he's like I don't know. Like this, this is actually good at like cards doing what they seem like they should do. Yeah. Like he's not overpowered. He's like costed. I I'll say correctly for limited, but that's yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I mean he's he's fine. He does what he does. That's interesting uh, that you noticed that. By the way, I didn't notice that that, that we have a. A four mana flyer in in every color so far, so um, a little mini series there for those of you paying attention. Although I doubt there's one in green. Um, Maybe it'll transform. <laughs> the next card is uh, the the best card in the set so far. Um, Liliana of the Veil, I guess other than Snapcaster Mage, but um, she's a Planeswalker player. Uh, we'll cover her in standard next couple weeks, so that's all I'm gonna say. Yep. Planeswalker comes back with Sun Titan. Yeah. I'm going to say that about every, like, good three-mana cost permanent. <laughs> good. Well, he's our Sun Titan um, catcher. I'm the Sun Titan aficionado. In case you're playing black-white, uh, yeah, that you should be aware of that. Um, yep. Moan of the Unhallowed is two black-black and sorcery. Uh, you put two two-two black zombie creature tokens on the battlefield, and you can flash it back for five black-black. Um... I've said this, like, this card's fine. I mean, it, for four mana, you get four toughness and four power, um, which is fine. Like, that's perfectly acceptable. It, it's on curve. Um, you know, like, if you're playing a zombie deck, it becomes better, obviously. And then if you get to flash it back, you know, late in the game when you have nothing better to do, then it's even better. Yeah. So, you know, there's, like, it's, this card's fine to play, especially if you're a zombie, you know, playing a zombie deck. Yeah, this card is in the new Duels of the Planeswalkers 2012 expansion in yeah. the Liliana deck. There we go. There it is. Inside and like that's where the original spoiler came from, right? It was like the game file. Right, right, right. Because everyone's like, oh, what does this card do? And then it's like, oh, that. Um, so, the next yeah. card is one of the best cards in Limited um, because it's uncommon. I mean, obviously the rares and mythics are better, but, you know, the uncommons and commons are, you know, what we should actually be evaluating. Um, is Morkrut Banshee. 
And for those of you following along, by the way, we're going to cover black tonight, and then we're going to call it quits because this thing's getting long. Um, but we just want to let you guys know. Morcrut Banshee is three colorless black black, and it's a creature spirit. It's a 4-4. Four, four. Um, and it has Morbid. And when Morcrut Banshee enters the battlefield, if a creature died this turn, target creature gets minus four, minus four until end of turn. So, uh, think about how good Skin Render was in limited formats, and then kind of add a mana and add a minus one, minus one, and a little bit of a, you know, kind of a difficult thing to turn on, and you have a good idea for how good this card is, which is very. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very good. Like, it kills almost all of the non-rare and non-mythic creatures in the set. Yeah, I, I would like, call it busted. <laughs> yeah, not not broken. Like no, no, no. The word busty or busted is very appropriate for this card. Okay, I, I zoomed in. Thank you. <laughs> it's like I'm looking at it on my iPhone, and so like I'm just like, yeah, it's it's a it's a it looks like a vampire, but it's a black spirit, which is weird. It's just yes. like a dead vampire, which is awkward. Yeah. But no, yeah. Ha ha. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> There's my moment. Awesome. Don't right. come back to Sun Titan. <laughs> Does not come back to Sun Titan. Expert analysis. Um, we covered Reaper last week. It's it's obviously a bomb. Um, yep. We covered Screeching Bat last week. It's obviously fine. You should definitely be playing it. Um, so so here's a little bit of an interesting card. Skeletal Grimace is one colorless and a black. It's an enchantment. Um, and the enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has um, pay a swamp to regenerate this creature. Now, now normally I'm, I'm pretty against enchantments, but I actually, in limited, enjoy enchantments that have regeneration. Um, that give your creature the ability to regenerate. Um, Troll hide, I think, is actually very good. Um, and, Especially on a hexproof guy. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're able to get on a hexproof guy, it's just insane. I mean, um, like, in the current limited, right, it's Trollhide on Sacred Wolf? Sacred Wolf, yeah. So, Skeletal Grimace, and that's, that's in color, but Skeletal Grimace on Invisible Stalker, like... Yeah, seems, exactly. Seems good. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, yeah, there's just a lot of applications, and, and the thing to do with this card, like, it's not, like, amazing, but, but it's certainly playable. But the thing to do is to play it in a situation, um, you know, where they're tapped out, and then have a black open so that you don't get two for one on their turn. So, you know, like, they're tapped out, you drop this, you know, where you have a black open, and then, you know, you're able to, you know, untap with the protection up. Like, that's kind of the key, you know, to kind of get your value out of this card. So, for sure. Um, the next card we already covered, uh, it's it's extremely good, so... Yeah, I think I like it better now than I did originally. Yeah, I mean, now that we're seeing some of the cards in the set and stuff like that, like, it's pretty obvious to see this, this card's pretty sweet. Um, the Vampire Interloper, uh, I think we covered already, so definitely, uh, fast little aggressive black card, so play it. Um, and that's it, I mean, for black, I mean, we have Village Cannibals, which is two and a black. While he's leaving his car. He's a dedicated podcaster, by the way, folks. Uh, that's his recording studio. 
Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm on my, uh, like I'm in the car. I've been sitting in the car because I didn't want you guys after my dogs bark all night. <laughs> we do not want to have a dog barking being our thing for our podcast, so. Uh, Village Cannibals is fine. Uh, you know, it's not great, though. I mean, it's it's not going to see much play. <laughs> if you're playing against a white deck, you'll probably board it in because it has you know, a lot of upside. But otherwise, you know, you'll probably leave it on the board. And then Walking Corpse is a zombie bear. I mean, it's one colorless yeah, I mean, and a black, and it's a two-two. So in a zombie deck, you're playing it anywhere else. You could leave it, at, you know, way way at home. So we covered white, we covered blue, and we covered black tonight. Um, and, and the cards that have been spoiled thus far. Uh, in our next cast, we will certainly bring you red, green, and gold, and artifacts and lands. Um, I believe we just lost Wally off the cast, uh, which is fine. I will finish it up solo. Uh, we'll bring you all that guy. We'll bring you that next week. Uh, we're happy to do that. Uh, but so far, just know that. The cards are devised and designed from a flavor standpoint. And they're top-down, so they do what they're supposed to do. The colors match. Um, white is defensive. It's utility. It's small creatures. It's humans. You know, black, it's, it just does what they're supposed to do. You know, it feels almost... Oh, well, he's coming back in for us. All right, you're back in. 